When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maya Lewis, former White Fern, is with us. G'day, Maya. How you doing? Kia Very good, thank you. That's the story, mate. That's the story. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the Bangladeshis couldn't do us a favour this morning in South Africa. Uh, and, uh, boy, the South Africans looked all right, didn't they? 117 without loss. They chased it down a couple of overs uh, to spare as well. Means uh, the White Ferns go home, and uh, you've got to put a lot of that down to uh, the first two games of the competition. How are you feeling about where this team is at at the moment? Yeah, that's a bit of a loaded question, but uh, yeah, no, look, obviously a bit of a bit of a tough tough ask uh, watching the World Cup, especially those first two games. Um, it was a big stretch this morning to try and see if Bangladesh would beat South Africa, but they were convincing, um, especially when you're none down. But look, um, you know, I think it's pretty similar to the one-day World Cup, to be honest, really, with sort of lost it in the first couple of games and then you can't sort of get it back. So it's a tough one. Yeah, you end up relying on other results, right? Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, sort of watching this tournament, uh, not even the tournament, but the lead into the tournament, I think we had, what, four games against the Poms and we did all right uh, in the first couple of those at least and we beat the Windies as well. Felt like it was probably mm-hmm. the best prep uh, the team had had in a long time for a tournament like this, in terms of getting games under our belts in, in you know, in the um, in the conditions. Um, uh, what did you make of of the lead into the tournament for them? Oh, I think the lead in in South Africa was fine. Um, you know, playing playing those some of those tougher tougher teams like England. Um, I suppose you could say they're probably a little bit light leading up to going away, uh, for example, just playing Bangladesh and West Indies didn't really probably give a great indication of where we're at and probably um, gave us a, a little bit of, um, I suppose, hope that we were a little bit better than what we were. But I also think in saying that in our domestic uh, competition, um, was not everyone was sort of playing and obviously development teams were going over to India and stuff like that. So not all our top players were always playing in our top um, domestic competition, especially the Super Smash. So, I think you know that. I mean, that's probably uh, a lack of preparation in that around as well there. So, I just don't think they probably had enough games leading up. But um, and the bottom bottom line is, the uh, experienced players didn't front up when they needed to. Yeah, and that's probably the you know uh, the, the disappointing thing um, uh, was was the batting particularly right um, and, uh, and and particularly against uh, you know Australia. I mean, while we 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 lost a lot heavier than we'd like to lose, you kind of go well that we probably weren't going to win that game anyway. They're the team to beat uh, in the groups, and if you're going to beat them, you want to beat them when it matters later on. Uh, but losing like they did to South Africa was really really disappointing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, your top order need to fire, and when your two opening batters, probably in both of those games, um, got got north, I think it's a really tough ask to come back from. But um, I do think um, the dropping of Amy Satterthwaite was um, was wrong, and um, and it's highlighted how short we are in the batting, um, lacking experience. She would have been ideal, especially being a left-hander as well, and breaking up the line of the bowlers um, against. And I, and I also believe, you know. 
there can be enough room for more than one off spinner in the team, and that's where someone like Lee Casperett comes into play. So I would probably, you know, question a couple of selections or lack of selections there, um, taking away some inexperience. It's a tough gig for someone like Georgia Plimmer, who hasn't. I mean, she's full of talent. I definitely agree with that. And she's starting to come into her own, but she actually hasn't scored a domestic 50 yet. So, you know, just to ask someone to play and perform on the international stage when they haven't done it domestically is a big ask for, for a young player. And I think we need to get them scoring, um, especially with our batting, a lot more consistency, consistency with domestic runs. You'll see in Australia, they have to score actually thousands of domestic runs to actually even make the Australian team. Well, you know, that's probably where we're lacking with our depth. Yeah, and I think you, you made a really good point there about uh, Amy Satterthwaite as well because, you know, deciding not to give her a contract uh, has been made to look foolish, I think, um, given the season that she's had and then the batting woes we're having in South Africa at the same time as she's racking up all sorts of scores over here. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same about Leah, but Leah chose to stay on and play. Um, but again, she's obviously not a contracted player, but she's, she's, you know, come, she's always in the playing 11, so she is obviously one of our top got paying dollars still. Um, you know, I suppose we could have swallowed a bit of pride and actually asked Amy to come out of retirement. She's scoring, um, she's scored the most runs probably in the domestic competition out of most batters. So she's still got the goods and she's still in form. Yeah, mate, she's looking great. You know, it's a, it's a pity that she's uh, she's retiring because I think she's a massive loss and it's hard to see where those runs are going to get replaced from. Now, you know, the last World Cup, Bob, Bob Carter was in charge and he copped a bit of a uh, bit of criticism. Uh, ben Sawyer was then uh, brought in to be the, the coach um, and there was a, a lot of um, excitement around his appointment. What uh, have you noticed, uh, if anything, uh, the, the difference between approaches uh, to the game um, f- under the two different coaches? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could speak that in days for Ben, although he thinks they're a Commonwealth in a World Cup now. Um, but look, I think he's just quite uh, slightly put down to Bob. He's not so autocratic. I think, um, you know, Sophie probably has a lot to say in, in terms of helping run the team there. But um, look, I suppose my biggest disappointment is still seeing a, a full male coaching um, crew in the White Ferns, um, where they've got someone like Joe Broadbent sitting, isn't the, the only female sort of domestic coach sitting here and not using him. So like the Sarah and you know, Sarah McGlashan was over there, I suppose, with the um, under-19s over, um, and maybe she could have stayed on and helped out as well. So I, I suppose I struggle with seeing, you know, seeing seeing a similar setup that Bob had with with a, a, a lot of males involved. Um, and then I suppose bringing in Mornay Morkel, you know, he's very well got great knowledge of the local conditions and, and a fantastic player. But does he know much about actually about women's cricket? And if that was the case where he was helping out with the local conditions, then. You know, why is this like the Susie Bates and stuff playing across the line earlier on when we know the pitches are low and slow, for example? So I'm probably questioning um, you know, the coaching set up and structure and, and possibly having a few more females around that actually understand and have been around these players as well. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've seen other sports, you know, really, uh, really embrace. I know the football have done it, you know, with the Phoenix and things and, and, and the uh, the football ferns as well. Uh, even, you know, New Zealand rugby um, have at recent times sort of changed that approach as well and they have more female um, involvement in coachings in the Super Rugby Aopeki. Um what is the depth of female coaching like, Meyer? I mean, is there someone there that you think could do the job at that level or, or at least be part of the team? 
Well, I've just pointed out one, I suppose, of um, Joe Dorsey, um, which is quite intrigued. Um, I personally think if she had a man's name next to her credentials on the beach, then she would be a shoo-in. Um, but I think, um, you know, there's a bit of a generation who have been lost to coaching. I think um, it was scarred a little bit through when Hayley Tiffin and Katrina Keenan uh, were the white friends coaches and I feel didn't get completely supported by New Zealand cricket. Um, and then New Zealand cricket have gone away from ex-female players being coaches, because, maybe potentially because of that experience, whereas um, I think that's wrong. I, I know there's probably... You know, some, there are some young, uh, younger coaches, female coaches coming through, and it is something that New Zealand has cricket have identified now. But you're not going to get those coaches coming through sort of five, ten years down the track now. We have missed out on a, on a, 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 a generation of ex players who want to be involved, um, but but haven't been given the opportunity. Yeah, would you be? I mean, you know, we've mentioned Amy Sathathwaite, who's retired as a player, but she has been involved as an assistant coach at Canterbury this year. Um, you got obviously Susie Bates, who's um, on the other side of 35 now, and Sophie Devine, who's coming up to 34 as well. I mean, uh, would you be looking at those players now, if you New Zealand cricket, having conversations with them about, you know, maybe not fast tracking them, but but creating a pathway for them to become coaches in the future that can potentially take the national team? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'd like you um, mentioned Amy's already been down that path. I think was in the uh, WBBL with 76 as an assistant coach, and so she's had a taste of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose there does need to be a time, a gap between when they're playing and when they are coaching at that top level as well because you end up playing, coaching players who you played with, so there's a little bit of a conflict there. So, um, look, I can see those players, you know, if they want to, being able to get involved and having opportunities. What you will see is a lot of ex-players from Australia um, being involved in either commentary or coaching in, in that as well. So... I mean, I think Australia have got a good model um, and maybe we need to look at that. But um, with the new women's high performance manager and Liz Green, who's just been brought on board by New Zealand Cricket, um, ex-player of, and um, you know, worked with Cricket Wellington. So she's been in the system as a player and then been out of it for a little bit as well. I think she's really the key to try and make some um, really transformal uh, formational changes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, from a... Um, uh, a mixed point of view. I think the mix is actually quite good at the moment in the in the white ferns in terms of your age profiles. You know, um, you got some younger players like Mealy Kerr and and Fran Jonas uh, and Georgia Plummer, who you mentioned coming through, and then you've got you know more experienced players like Leah Tahu and and Sophie Devine and Susie Bates, and then there's a few sort of uh, that bridge that in the middle as well. Uh, the one thing that you know I think you mentioned that we did seem to be lacking, uh, particularly this World Cup, was runs out of that top order. Um, it's, it's always been a batting, I suppose, that sort of led us down at, at international and been a bit of a concern. Um, I would have liked to have seen the likes of uh, Brooke Holiday and Lauren Downs been a, given a bit of a crack, I suppose, even if it, it, at the expense of a bowler to be able to uh, lengthen that batting order. Um, and they are the future, as you know, if we take out um, Susie Bates and um, Sophie Devine, um, you know, then you know we've got to start looking at those other batters because um, they're not going to last forever. You know, they may not be around for the next World Cup. Who knows? Um, but we've got to start blooding, blooding those other players in. And, um, and I just feel like some, some of them have been sort of pigeonholed. I know Brooke, you know, she's actually, actually a useful all-rounder and she can bowl too as well. So why not play someone like her who can provide um, a bowling option as well and help 
lengthen that batting order and also provide that left-handed option that they've taken away by taking out Amy Satterthwaite. Mm, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Really good point, Maya. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on and having a chat, mate. I know it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have when the team's not travelling like you'd like them to, but uh, good to have those honest conversations. Um, and uh, hopefully we see an, an improvement in the near future eh, and we can uh, start getting some more Ws on the board. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely obviously be keen to see the White Sands perform and, and be in those semi-finals and, and really compete like they have in the past, but there needs to be a lot of soul-searching done, by, especially by New Zealand cricket on, on how the system looks in New Zealand. Um, I think there's a massive gap between the international and the domestic scene, so um, the standard of the domestic scene needs to be lifted up somehow. So I think a little bit of thinking outside the square and not trying to fit a male's format or model into the female game, um, looking solely at the female game and what's best for that. Yeah, what works there, eh? I mean, that's the that's thing is that uh, I, I think it's taken a while to get across, but uh, people have, have finally taken on board that uh, coaching women and coaching men are two uh, slightly different prospects. Yeah, and look, I've got nothing at all against males um, coaching females. I think they just have to make sure that they've been through the system so they've spent some time with it's been actually the domestic, uh, you know, coming through the pathways and through domestic as well so that they understand female psyche and how that works. Yeah, good stuff, Maya. Uh, thanks again for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well and have a great evening. All right, thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, 26 past eight here on SENZ. This is Extra Time. Uh, Maya Lewis there, uh, former White Fern, with us having her say on the state of the White Ferns at the moment after uh, they were eliminated from the T20 World Cup.